<laughs> that was a bad one. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Five Sports Podcast. Carly Nevis and Darren Zaslow back with you for week trace of the Five Sports Podcast. We are so excited. Actually, really excited about the guests that we have coming for week three. But let's just talk about week two for a second. Jared and Jaden West. I think they really, they really came out of their shell, gave us some good insight on Notre Dame basketball, even little Jared West playing at Marshall. That, that was a, that was a lot of fun to have our first uh, duo on the podcast. You know, we've been talking about father-son coaching duos a lot in football, and you don't see it, I think, as much in basketball locally, but their relationship is so cool, too. And they take a lot of pride in that family name, and deservedly so. I think you're right. We brought them out of their shell. They had smiles on their faces, and... This week, just a completely different sport, um, which will be a lot of fun for us to chat about. So we are welcoming our third guest to the Five Sports Podcast, the notorious Nikki Izzo Brown, head of women's <laughs> soccer coach for WVU. Woo! Coach, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate welcome, it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Man, I love this enthusiasm. I need this on Tuesday. <laughs> To jump right in here, honestly. So yeah. you start the, yeah. the women's soccer program 25 years ago, um, all coming all the way from Rochester. As a girl growing up in New York and upstate New York, how do you, how your career um, ended up line up with the dreams and goals that you had as a little girl? So it, it's funny what shapes you, and I've. I've been very fortunate that my, my family really shaped me to believe that I can accomplish anything. Um, growing up, I didn't have sports role models to look to. Um, and I don't know for those of you that don't know, but I'm a huge Buffalo Bills fan just because that's the sport I was really exposed to, uh, being in, in upstate. But, um, my my mother was a very um, strong woman. She was an elementary school teacher and and really encouraged me to do and and be whoever I wanted. So I was I was very fortunate. And then of course uh, my father and my brother, uh, you know, and I was a little tomboy. Whatever my older brother did, I did. So you know, I never had any doubt in my mind that I couldn't follow my passion. And it's it's really interesting that soccer has has led to my profession um, as it was always my passion growing up and it led me to obviously college and then beyond so um, I, I do do I got to tell you guys this story so um, you guys probably weren't born yet but you know title nine really hit in 95 and um, I remember talking to my mom and you know I graduated college in 93 and I said man if you would have just had me you know, a few years, you know, later, I could have really been, you know, exposed to all these colleges because when I was growing up, there was only 75 division one, two, and three, you could participate in. So the explosion happened. And then she kind of put me in, in my place a little bit. And she said, yeah, but look at the opportunity you have to work in the field and to impact at a different level. So um, anyways, so it's, it's been incredible to look back on 25 years, but also to have a family that really uh, shaped me into who I wanted to be. And then, uh, of course, my college coach pushed me into this. 
Coach, I just want to say that you and your quarterback, Josh Allen, have picked up this whole winning thing pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> when you look at what you have done here, you've created a literal juggernaut, 20 consecutive NCAA tournament appearances, 10 um, you know, regular season titles, seven uh, tournament championships, but it all started down the road in Buchanan at West Virginia Wesleyan, and maybe not a whole lot of people know that. You started there in 1993 as an assistant coach, um, got promoted to head coach in 94. Just your time at Wesleyan, how did that shape all of this success that you've had up the road here in Morgantown? Well, I, I'm very fortunate that social media wasn't as big and you guys weren't as big as you are now because back then I made so many mistakes. You know, I continue to make mistakes and, and those are the best lessons, but I was a very young, enthusiastic, uh, passionate soccer uh, coach to be, you know, I don't even know if you'd qualify me as a coach back then, but um, I was just really enthusiastic to contribute to the game. And yes, um, never thought getting my MBA down at West Virginia Wesleyan would lead to 25 years later um, and an incredible opportunity to coach um, and be part of something so grand at West Virginia. So, we have to acknowledge your Zoom background a little bit. And that's what leads me to my next question. If you just move your head a little. Oh, yep. Correct. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the 2016 Final Four team and obviously making a run at the NCAA championship. How has that season kind of, you know, spearheaded, if you will, the program that you've been able to develop since then? And I feel like it adds, you know, another feather in your cap when you're doing these recruiting things and everything like that. I think it's probably the, the rite of passage, you know, once we got to that final game, it was, you know, I was, and I still am extremely disappointed and you, you know, you can't, you, you can't put all your, your weight in one game or losing a national championship. Um, and, and that's the, the crazy thing about being a college coach, you know, we're, we're kind of nuts when it comes to that, but um, the, there's been so many successes. And, and like you said, there's, there's a, a ton of trophies that a ton of people have held up behind me. And, you know, I, we've been very successful for numerous years and for us to finally get to the, the final four, I think it legitimized our success. It wasn't just by chance. Um, it was by the Josh Allen hard work um, you know, and, and really crafting um, what we do on a daily basis. So I, I think that a lot of respect came. Um, I used to tell people we were the best kept secret. And I, I, I just think that, that that year, it really legitimized to a lot of different people that haven't followed us uh, just how much we have accomplished as a program. You know, Coach, if you guys want to do that this year again, obviously it's just a completely different feel. And you can make the argument it's going to be even harder this year. Uh, when you take a look at, you know, what the NCAA tournament is going to look like, it's in the spring. 48 teams make it as opposed to 64. Obviously, you guys are, you know, well en route to being one of those teams. Um, what are your thoughts on this year and just the difficulty of, you know, achieving some of those goals with the pandemic it's 
you know, you, you never say never. And it's so ironic that it's my 25th year and, you know, we're sitting in a situation like this and it's such a disappointing situation. But the one thing I've learned through the Buffalo Bills is that sport does bring a lot of joy. And there's been a lot of hardship uh, throughout this pandemic and it's made a lot of things difficult. So I've really had to be patient and adapt and just recognize what different obstacles we have at hand. Like this morning, you know, we, we all go and get our testing, you know, and, and, you know, I hold my breath now uh, every Monday night, just hoping that uh, we continue to be diligent and focused on staying safe. Um, so that's the biggest obstacle right now is just that platform of let's stay safe, let's stay focused, let's stay disciplined. And then when you move into the NCAA tournament, not having um, all those at-large bids is um, going to make it very hard. You know, our, you know, you're always hoping for a first-round bid against a mid-major. Not that that's a an easy easy win. No, winning isn't easy. But you know, now, you know, if history repeats itself, we're probably going to see Virginia or Penn State in the first round. So it is going to be more uh, complicated in in many ways. And uh, but I think our motivation and our our enthusiasm and the way we look at this year. Uh, is definitely going to be different. Another complicated part, though, so you go 7-2 and two in the conference slate that you play in the fall, and then we lot, we'll asked you a lot of questions in the fall about the spring, and you didn't have a lot of answers uh, for us. Literally, um, I'm not sure if that has changed, yeah. but a few questions that I do have that hopefully you'll be able to answer is, what does your spring yeah. schedule look like? Any opponents that you can, you know, give us a little five sports mm-hmm. podcast inside scoop about, um, and then, um, and will there be a Big Twelve championship game? I know you guys played like a kind of faux one against TCU, but will are there plans to have them? So you will see us play four games non-conference. What has been determined is there will be no Big Twelve championship. Unfortunate, you know, our automatic qualifier. Uh, is TCU. Um, you know, with us finishing second, we feel really good um, with, you know, unofficially that, um, you know, we have a, a real good opportunity to get to that tournament and prepare for that tournament. So right now we will not have, a, unfortunately, a Big 12 tournament. So our tournament play um, and our spring will be focused all towards the NCAA tournament and, and building you know, our, our performance towards that tournament, which um, will sit April 23rd weekend. Coach, when you looked at this year and why you guys finished second, obviously you want to win every game, but your losses, I don't want to call it a quality loss, but it literally is a quality loss when you look at it. You lose to Oklahoma State, you 2-1 to one in overtime, you lose 1-0 to number three TCU, um, two top six teams. Yeah. Do you, yeah. is that sort of the root of why you guys feel like even with those losses, it'll yeah. still, you know, look you know it, it's, you know, we don't have to get into the nitty gritty cause um, it, it could bore everybody, but we know how the RPI uh, typically and historically used to be um, the, the, I guess the driving force in a lot of determining who's going to make the NCAA tournament. So now with that really maybe not playing, um, into it because of RPI this year, it's really going to be historically 
what the Big 12 has done and how many we've sent in the past. Um, this is unofficial and maybe potentially historically what uh, programs have specifically done it. And you hit the nail on the head with us making 20 consecutive. I, I think it gives us a real good opportunity to qualify in that category and then also to qualify into the big 12 category of us traditionally sending at least five to six to the NCAA tournament. So um, I hope that continues. I hope the committee will um you know, stay on board with maybe that thought process unofficially. So um, that that is our hope and what we're we're building this uh, spring towards. And coach, the spring semester, like playing the NCAA tournament in the spring, kind of opens up a unique situation because I think you have some new freshmen on campus that are eligible to play for you that didn't play for you in the fall. Um, are there any impact players that you think could really have a chance to help you win an NCAA tournament game um, that you, we didn't see that we don't even know about? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so there is a specific rule against our, um, I guess, pre-freshmen now that they can't January newbies, little ears can't play, but Maya Ladani, who, who, um, opted out in the fall had all you know she coming from Canada there were some concerns with COVID but she is here on campus right now so she will be um, somebody that we're really excited about and, and can contribute so she will be the one you're talking about so we're excited that um, she she met the guidelines of the NCAA and, and can help contribute to this spring. Anyone else that really stood out for you this year coach I mean when I look at this team obviously the emergence of Stephanie Ferrer, Van Ginkle, six goals for you guys, 13 points. Her and anyone else that really stood out because the spark that she gave you guys, that was consistent really with every every game this year. Yeah, Darren, she, you know, she was a kid that just really trusted the process. You know, when she first came in here, um, I, I, she might have been 100 pounds wet. And, you know, she just continued to build her 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 greatness so we were really thrilled the way she impacted the season and got so much attention and and well deserved uh with her with her really working hard and in development you know i i think there's so many i mean you look at enzi bruchard i mean she really came into to herself um you know nicole Payne continued to develop we got jordan brewster our big big 12 defensive player of the year um, you know, and, and I think Lauren Segala, just, just to name a few. And then you got the, the Lily, Lily McCarthy, I think you guys should keep an eye on who really stepped it up as a freshman. Um, you know, we got a new goalkeeper with Kaza in that right now. And, and also Maddie Murphy, who, you know, has been contributing. So there's, there's just so many like pieces that of, of this, that was real exciting. And, and, you know, we were so young last year that that's why I can name so many people because just you don't know how they're going to impact. You don't know how they're going to embrace um, their overall development. And, you know, especially in a pandemic, hello. So it was, it was really um, exciting to see the development and our journey with a young team and the difference of last year, this year in the big 12 uh, conference play. I have a feeling I'm going to be mentioning the players that you just mentioned in the question that I'm going to ask maybe in the future, but 
You had four former members selected to the Canadian women's national team camp yesterday with Khadija Buchanan, Ashley Lawrence, Bianca St. George, Riley Foster. Talk about a force like quartet right there. That's a power. And what's in the water in Canada? <laughs> well, it, it, you know, first and foremost, those four um, have really proven themselves to be um, incredible professional players right now. So for us to see not only how they impacted at the college level, but now as professionals and, you know, look at, you know, obviously Bianca was rookie of the year, you know, she was injured her real first year and then came on so strong last year. And I don't think we really have to talk about Ashley and Keisha. So I, Miss Canada, oh wait, next year, Miss Canada, you know, so it's, it's, it's pretty, um, you know, and then Riley at Liverpool. So, Yes, they are making us so proud. It's the highest level. We're going to see them competing against the U.S. in in that cup. So it's going to be really fun. Not only do we cheer for the USA, right? We're going to be cheering for those four. So um, with that being said, we're not very far from the border. So I have players on my team right now that travel you know, you look at, I can even say Nicole Payne from Alabama. Her travel here is way further than um, three of those players. Well, really four of them. So it, it just really made sense um, for for that transition and, and where we sit in location. And um, just, you know, that it's a really good fit with uh, West Virginia University and how we develop here. Real quick, um, whenever you played at Rochester, was that a was that a was that a Division three school at the time? I know that they are right now. Yes, it was. Yep. You know, I, I really think a lot of people can learn a lot from your story just from that regard because you know you don't have to play Division one or Division two to have a career in sports at the highest level. Um, I played. I'll toot my own horn here for a second. I played Division three baseball at Oberlin College in Ohio. Yeah, um, we played Rochester before. I was wondering just sort of how the D3 mold sort of shaped you, because a lot of times people say, oh, I don't want to go to D3. There's no athletic money there. I don't want to go to D3 because they don't have, you know, some of the marketing. But, you know, you proved all of those stereotypes wrong. Does that sort of put an extra little chip on your shoulder coming from, you know, arguably the lowest level in the NCAA to where you are now? I think people could learn a lot from that. Yeah, it's well, it was it. It's funny because back when the dinosaurs were walking the earth, you know, we were playing Cornell and we were playing Buffalo, um, you know, some division one programs. So I didn't really know any different because it wasn't, you know, as grand, like I said, everything 95, bam, it went, you know, to what, where we are now, 330 uh, division one alone. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't even really know there was a difference between one, two and three, but to get back to pumping up division three players, you know, Rochester, I chose Rochester obviously to play soccer and to play under Terry Garnett, but also to, to get a, an education um, that was, you know, arguably Ivy league. So it was really important to me to not only challenge myself athletically, but challenge myself academically and Rochester's a think tank. It's one of the best universities, um, colleges, you know, in the country. 
Now, what I've learned is the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills is also an alumni of Rochester. So you can even throw that one in your in in the story. So it I I think that life is about choices and what's best going to suit your needs. But as I started this off, you know, if you're a passionate person, you can accomplish anything. Um, and, you know, life's about decisions. And, you know, I've been very fortunate to make some really good ones. And I, I always kind of go back to my Rochester roots that has allowed me to use um, what I've learned there and, and, you know, that educational piece to help mold me as a professional. Truthfully, I think what you just said also applies to the field of broadcasting, too, because a lot of people count us out and there's a lot of people that, you know, want to do sportscasting and this. But if you're passionate about it, which both of us are, um, I think that, you know, is the highest quality that you can have in a profession. That was just a side note. Um, Well, you talk about the bills and now (laughs) I agree. Yeah. I'm curious how your Sunday went um, and the range of emotions that you felt. Uh, well, I'll tell you in the first nine minutes of the game, I was exhausted. And then I um, was probably using words that we can't talk about. And then I was like, I wish they were terrible again. So I didn't feel as low as I did. But then when the game was over, I still love the bills, baby. And we'll be back. I believe, I believe Coach, as we end all of our um, five sports podcasts, we do a thing called the high five. It is the five sports podcast. We just ask you quick five rapid fire questions. Great. I think you'll ha- I think that you'll uh, that you'll have fun with. I'm it. ready. So I will start with my question. Obviously, buffalo flavored wings. I am going to assume are your favorite flavor. I need a I need a number two because I'm not going to let you get off easy with buffalo what your question was buffalo flavored wings is my favorite i'm assuming i'm assuming Correct. that's your favorite yes Obviously. I, I need your second favorite flavor of wing because i'm not going to just let you go off with the buffalo answer barbecue okay good yeah. i love we love wings okay um second question if you were to coach you'd be lawyer most influential female soccer player in your eyes for the game now or back when e- either 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 yep. rapino now and mia ham or michelle acres in the beginning interesting um similar question who's the best player that you've ever coached I will not touch that one. It's like telling you which of my three children I love the most. I love them all. (laughs) No way, Jose. I ain't touching that one. All of them. And coach, how about just the biggest, the biggest lesson you've learned or, or a quote that, you know, you've sort of passed down to your teammates. Um, Hard work pays off. Uh, Success stops when you do. Um, And I I like food. So one other food question. What's your favorite place to eat in Morgantown? Oh, that's such a good one. Oh, that's such a good one. Uh, oh, gosh, this is hard, too, because um, I like Black Bear. I do like Black Bear. I, I'd have to say Black Bear is 
is one of my favorite. You asked my kids, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Coach, you're the GOAT. You're the notorious NIB for a reason. We are so appreciative of you joining us um, and what you have done for the sport in the state, for women, you know, across the country, you know, and around the world, seriously, um, is amazing. Stay safe and enjoy this wild ride in the spring. And we will see you then when the weather is warm and when the sun is up in the air. We're looking forward to it. Hey, Darren, thanks for juicing me up this morning. I appreciate it. You too, Carly. And I can't wait to give you guys huge hugs when this is all done. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. <laughs>